welcome to Bad Movie Brunch. I'm Luke. I'm Katie. And I'm Taylor. And uh, we're, we're just a trio of fucking riders on the storm right now, <laughs> uh, kicking, the, kicking, the, kicking the gates of hell wide open. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we're attacking Oliver Stone's The Doors. Um, Isn't it the writings on the wall? Taylor has a propensity, a penchant, if you will, for taking iconic songs, like literally the most <clears throat> iconic songs, but hearing lyrics in a in a in a very interesting, let's say wrong way, like uh <laughs> like like uh so writers on the storm has become writings on the wall, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what's the other one we do all the time? The one where I'm always like like no, it's not that. Uh, help me, Rhonda. I said last night was what was oh. it? Hurt, hug me. What was it? Help me, Rhonda. No, that's the lyrics. Oh, you no. were saying like you were saying like hurt me, Rhonda, or like <laughs> kill me, Rhonda, or like something that I was like, what? Yes, babe. I'm saying kill me, Rhonda. You may have been. No, I think I was like hurt me, Rhonda. Was it? It was wrong. I don't know what it was. But I thought it was ri- writings on the wall. Oh, there's like the Croce song where it's like, uh, where it's like I've overcome the blow. What is it, overcome? And you always go, I'm sorry. And I'm like, that's never said in the, in the lyrics. It's a whole thing. But you know what? We could talk all day about this. Katie. Yes. Do you have any background with The Doors, the band, or the film? Very little. Um, the Going into this, I, I basically knew nothing. Uh, for Father's Day, I think a couple years ago, Eric and I went to, to Laurel Canyon to take the picture by the plaque that says Love Street. Uh, for my dad um, as a gift. So there's a picture of me out there next to the sign because he was really into it at the time. And he's like, you should go down there and check it out. Yes. And um, But other than yes. that and that scene from um, School of Rock where uh, dun, 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 Jack dun, dun, dun. Black... Lawrence yeah, is good at piano. Yeah, he, he will be rocking on my show. Yes, yes, that one. So Stop. basically You're nothing. You're perfect. <laughs> about you taylor any any doors in your in your history i mean i think i'm a connoisseur i'm writings on the wall babe. yeah you know every bit of i it. know every i know every lyric poetry i know it all i know mojo rising you are mr mojo Rising. no i knew nothing i know nothing i don't even i was like who are the doors so this movie really was like I was like, I don't know. They don't know. How could be they? They be that famous? I don't know them, and I know everything. That's that is Taylor's mindset. It it, it is in a way. Um, is but I knew that they were very very popular. I go on these horrific benders, um, of where I just get obsessed with a feature film, and I just squeeze every last drop out of it. And 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 the worst part about this is they're not usually like. Great incredible films like I, I like like renowned films let's say that mm. like sometimes it is like you know i get on the irishman bad like and like last detail those are movies i watched like 11 days in a row at different like points when i first saw them and i was like wow but you also watched get him to the greek sure eight million there times was like 20 around. days straight a couple years ago where i watched that like no no joke at all that was like when i was writing break this is the end you that's watch that, that over that's and a over banger again. um i think people like that one but you're saying that that's not no, but it's a thing, Academy and so award-winning movies. My mom loves to like get rid of things in her house, uh, like like I don't know. That's just like our, my kids are gone. Take this shit, and now you know my dad's gone, so it's like get this stuff out of my house a little bit. Like I need some room. I get that. My dad introduced me to the doors in like middle school, like our family, 
and stuff. And I and I remember being like, it was sort of like over the years a context clue reading by me, uh, where I'm like, okay, my dad's introduced this band. My cat's taking a shit while I tell this story, uh, so I hope you hear the scraping in the in the litter box. But like, it's like, oh, my dad's friend in college likes likes like the Doors. So that's the first clue I get, and then it's like, oh, I have a feeling that they listened to the Doors while they were stoned. Like that's just my that's just my inclination because it goes from like this is my dad's friend from stories I can put together that maybe this guy smoked some weed, maybe maybe sucked a little bit down in his day. From stories, if this is a guy that introduces my dad to the Doors in college, I'm just putting some things together here. Maybe not weed. Maybe they went. To, maybe they did peyote in the desert. I have no idea. I don't know. I'm not going to besmirch the the legend of a deacon. But I'm just saying it could have happened. I don't know. Uh, and so I remember, like, I don't remember who did it, but they did, like, this discography. It was, like, this cool rectangular pack of CDs uh, that was The Doors discography. All all albums uh, from, like, their span. Which And then, like, my dad got it. It was, like, a Christmas gift for him as a whole thing. Had it in the house, and I kind of jammed to it and stuff. And this is, like, as a middle schooler. There was, like, weird lore in where I'm from, too, like, regarding The Doors. Like... I don't have I ever told you this, Katie. The Doors played in Canton, Illinois, where I'm from. Oh, I didn't know that. So, four days before they play Sullivan, the Doors play at Canton High School. Like, which is absolutely fucked, and it's like built somehow into the fabric of the town. Like, if you know, you know. But like, mm-hmm. they were not well received. Like, my town was not <laughs> ready for like my town was not ready for Jim Morrison. Like, mm-hmm. the photos are incredible. And, like, there's an article in, the, like, my hometown paper, and it's, like, it's a story I'll tackle one day. If anybody steals it, I'll know you fucking stole it from me. Um, so don't fucking steal it. Whoa, um, <laughs> I own this. But, uh, but uh, so it's, like, there was always that. Like, every now and then, like, I remember a local store had, like, a Canton magazine with Jim Morrison. Like, it was, like, the cover. And it, it was, like, screen printed onto t-shirts and stuff like that like it was kind of like it was like a thing and um you know i liked him in college and stuff and then lately i remember i was like you know when you have somebody die sometimes and this is horrifyingly sad just so heads up but it's like if you have somebody die particularly in my instance my dad anything that existed good or bad it, it doesn't even have to matter that i can associate with that person like gives you some juice and mm-hmm. i remember my dad being like the Doors movie is the worst movie I've ever seen. And I'm oh. like, well, why do you think that? Because I never really watched <laughs> it. And I know that I've seen this dude. Like, I've walked in on this dude watching this on TV. <laughs> Tens of 20s of, like, times. of like I'm like, I've seen Jim in this bathtub a lot of times, Dad. If this is the worst movie you've ever seen, why do I have so many, like, instances of I know you watched it? Like, you know what I'm saying? But so I had to, like, dig that up for myself one night. And then it turned into me watching this movie over and over again. Uh, I got uh, my mom had sent me those CDs a couple months ago, and I just put them in my van and started jamming the discography. And then I was like, "Well, why is this movie so bad?" And uh, here we are. Here we are in Bad Movie Brunch, and <laughs> uh, not beloved Ooh, by autopsy. critics. Yeah, not beloved by critics. But I did. I literally I got on the phone with my mom. I'm like, "Hey, so you know this movie?" And mom, uh, mom's like, "Yeah, your dad hated it." I'm like, "Why?" I'm like, I'm legit, because now I've watched it, and I think I understand what he hated about it, but one thing I also know about my dad versus my film taste is, like, my dad didn't really fuck with a weird movie, and oh boy, do I, you know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. I think that's maybe the, the, like, where the the paths divert. 
I think I would actually say, and we'll get into this. I would probably argue if you're a Doris fan and if you even liked uh, Jim Morrison, you're not gonna like this movie. Val Kilmer is incredible in it, but I know nothing about the Doors and I know nothing about Jim Morrison, and I was like, ah, well, this guy seems like an asshole, and I don't know why I care about him, and I don't think that movie. I, and then further, when I was I listened to a little bit of the um, review that you sent us, Katie, like that was going through it all. I was like, oh, okay. Everybody um, says that it was like he was that, but he was also sensitive and nice and kind. So I was like, okay, because they they make it out to be as if this man was always an asshole and he didn't care about anyone is my take of that movie. So if you were a Jim Morrison fan, I'd, I think you'd be like, fuck you. I have an argument about that, but I think before we go any further, we should have Katie summarize the flick itself and then and then we'll oh, dig man. in. I don't know if you can, how... If you can. I will try. I will try to summarize it. So, so I'll add any, any Jim, bits of it. Jim's a shaman. Okay, we're um, going to get into the whole shaman thing later. So yeah. Yeah, yeah that part's not great. I, I, I feel pretty bad about all that. Obviously. Uh, Jim Morrison is a student at UCLA. He shows a student film of his that is not very well received. He decides to quit in film. And uh, him and his buddy from film school, uh, Ray Manzarek, decide to form a band after Jim shows or recites some of his poetry to Ray. Ray sees something in Jim. And they form a band together. And uh, around the time of the formation of this band in movie timeline, uh, Jim meets his girlfriend, Pam, who is played by Meg Ryan, which is oh, a fascinating so choice. <laughs> and does she or does she not choice. live on Love Street? Does anybody know? Oh, God. She lives on not, should not be cast on this street. Meg Ryan should weird, be cast anywhere. Weird She's choice. The best. Weird choice. She's incredible, but like, if yeah, we'll get into that. But keep going, Katie. So it, it follows, like a lot of biopics, it shows the rise of the band and their popularity and how they, they start out at like the London Fog and then the Whiskey A Go-Go and how they eventually make a record together and then they really blow up. They're like on the Ed Sullivan show and they up and up and up, they just can't lose. Uh, Jim becomes the focal figure of the band and people are really fascinated by him. And that eventually takes a turn as his addiction to alcohol worsens. And he becomes more and more self-destructive. And he is also haunted a lot by death. Death is something that he clearly grapples with. At the beginning of the film, you see a scene that he, uh, in real life, often recited. Where apparently when he was four years old, he saw a car crash uh, with his, when he was with his family driving down the side of the road. Where a lot of Native American people were injured. And he saw this... Uh, elderly native american bleed out and he believes that the soul of that man transferred to him and you see glimpses of that gentleman as well as another bald guy who represents death just yeah. follow jim throughout the film as he kind I, of crumbles i think it's because ghosts crowded the child's fragile eggshell mind <laughs> yeah something like that but yeah, you know, it, it all like one of the, the more interesting or one of the, the standout moments, I would say, is when Jim has a Wiccan wedding with 
this very witchy woman and they cut hands and throughout the film his uh his tumescence he has trouble with his tumescence throughout the film because he's just so addicted to alcohol he has trouble getting it up and by cutting the hands for some reason that helps him get into the groove because it's just so out there and he continues to have many affairs with various women while he's dating pam she's not too happy about it they fight he fights with the band eventually he becomes so self-destructive that he apparently exposes himself in front of a crowd in miami uh he is arrested for it or is charged with it he's charged with that uh everything kind of breaks out into chaos and he eventually uh after they record la woman the doors record la woman jim flies to meet pam in paris and eventually he dies in a bathtub Bam! 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 Swiftest um, a summary of the longest movie of my life, dude. I mean, I'm trying. Katie, that was so good. <laughs> you need no more information because the rest of it are trips. Mm-hmm. Andy Warhol's in this movie. Dude, it's fucking, it's fucking George McFly. Yes. Andy Warhol. Oh, oh he is. Oh, I, I didn't had catch a that. Phone that could talk to god but he gets sucked uh, off in an I didn't elevator have anything to say oh he sure does so maybe you could talk to god um, laugh, laugh at pam oh know, my that god that part is so weird but i think what people have to realize though is at that point in jim's life strange days had found him mm. so like he wasn't he, you know not every like he didn't know what was going on necessarily i'm not defending it uh, Oh, I think, but you just said, I think people need to remember. But I think they should remember oh. that Strange Days had found them. Yeah, yeah, honey. And that oh, people, oh, yeah. People were, in fact, strange. At that and what point if Strange life. Days were to find me? No, I don't want, they won't. <laughs> they won't. It's okay. I'm not, I'm not Jim. Yeah. Nor Val. Um, so I, I'm going to tackle the Meg Ryan bit first because that's the part that interests me the most. I'm just so, I love I love this. That's so awesome. I think that should have been the movie. I think that there, uh, one, you do the Doors movie, that's great. Um, and you do, and you can do the Jim Morrison story, that's great. Um, but she is supposedly Pam Corson. Coral, it's I think it's Corson, um, was also supposedly the inspiration to Neil Young's uh, music, even though that's alleged and they don't say that that's true. Certain song. But it's like, oh yeah, oh, I wish I could remember the two songs. Will you, uh, we'll look it up in the uh, later on. Um, but, so I'm, and so I'm like, and she supposedly cheated on him multiple times and he cheated on her, but I'm like, who is this person that, and they're, it's like I would have liked to see Ring of Fire or Walk the Line, right? Mm. That's the Reese Witherspoon movie. Oh, yes. Yes, that, where it's really more so about their relationship than it is. No, I, I think so. And I felt like they were do, They tried to do that. Like this movie is, um, I'd like to think if Walk the Line, um, Across the Universe, and Rocket Man had a lost baby mm-hmm. you know like where they're just like the it just the, if all those three movies were worse that would be this <laughs> well, well let me tell you let me tell you i i and and you know i want i can't there's so many things in the movie i won't I, I won't fight for like at all but i do i do find like the first 40 minutes of that flick to be like blissful i find the opening of that flick 
through them like playing this is the end at the whiskey and stuff like mm. after like tripping on pe- peyote and bonding as a band i'm having the time of my life at that point <laughs> it's just when everything like goes left and like then there's like scenes that are like the 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 plots of the scene are like so mundane like like the thing the whole like walk home from the grocery store on thanksgiving and then thanksgiving mm. day like you ruined no- Thanksgiving, Jim Morrison. What has happened? The duck is dead. Murdered. And like, then the guy like, picks it up and he eats look, it. There's a couple of, like, it's just like, that's where the movie has some identity crisis. Like, uh, through Sullivan, I should say. Not even this is the end. Through Sullivan. Because that shit, that guy being, like, asking him to change the lyric on Sullivan. And then him not doing it. And him being like, oh, you blew it, you little shit. Like, I cry at that, bro. I cry. <laughs> he's like, he's like, what if we said, girl, we couldn't get much better. Could you dig that? Huh? He's like, <laughs> like yeah. I think that is... That Hilarious. is really funny. Yeah. Can you yes. dig that? But this mm-hmm. is this is where I, I I got sidetracked. But this is about Meg Ryan. So sorry. Meg this Ryan. This is the best part of the trip. Meg Ryan, what are you doing in this movie? Being great, looking cool. You cannot tell me. Cool glasses. You better shut up, or I'm gonna punch you. <laughs> Meg Floor Ryan. Is yours. No, no, no. Meg Ryan, sleepless in Seattle. Meg Ryan, when Harry met Sally, is going to be this, like, cool, hippie woman? No. No. I'm like, I love Meg Ryan. I, I just want to be clear. I'm a, and, and it doesn't help it that I know her from all those rom-coms and that I'm seeing her in this. But, like, you're telling me Meg Ryan's supposed to be all cool and they're supposed to have this very much, like, open relationship and he, she's watching him kiss other women in front of her? We see it happen. Here, here's my thing. I think it's it's okay. Yes, but I think bef- like in 2022 we see it as maybe a, an interesting career or a different career move. But what I feel like the role, for everybody in this movie, I feel like it was a coveted flick. Like it ended up not being executed necessarily. But like, you know what I mean? So like, is that what you mean? You think the casting is strange for her to take the gig, or you just think that's not in her it's wheelhouse? It's not in her wheelhouse. Normally, uh, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think in me it could have been the direction. Uh, but I don't think she made sense for that role. Sure. I I uh, I think Val Kilmer is just like incredible. So good. Dude. He slays that role like a dragon. I think. Yes. I think that's the other part of like what makes this movie unbelievably watchable is like Val Kilmer himself could read a phone book and you'd watch for two hours. Val Kilmer lost in the role where he becomes so immersive that Paul Rothschild isn't sure who's singing Jim or Val. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. You that's a spectacle. That's worth being on the flick. It's just unfortunate that there's so many like, you know But that see, but that like again, it's it's that's why I'm I bring it back to Meg Ryan is like she just unfortunately is not the Suited. equal to mm-hmm. to this chaotic energy. Is that on the page though? Do you think she's not afforded enough screen time or anything to do in this flick aside from exist at first? Like she, they, no, they, it feels it's... like they put her in just so they can have because it's like, oh, I know she's the, she's the only one there when Jim dies, so we have to plant her, and then they forget about her for an hour. No, because they go back and forth on their relationship so many times. You see her cheat on him. You see him cheat on her. Like, don't forget, you have that whole scene of her. Where she's in doing between... heroin. Yeah, and it's like, but in... I don't know if she was cheating. She might have just been doing heroin. 
See, but what you don't know is when you do the when you look up the research and the relationship, they were cheating on it. And and she did say well, which were we she said and he said it the... he said it in the in in the script in the film. Yeah, how many guys have you? Yeah, just because you weren't paying attention to that pay, part of the you movie. You have no idea. You have no idea how much attention I'm paying. I, I know what parts you're paying attention <laughs> to. I know what parts you're paying attention to, and you're the when way you're singing, talking, the way you're talking to me riding, about this. When they're I, the I tell you, you weren't paying attention to Meg Ryan. Oh, I love you, dear. I love you. <laughs> but you're wrong. Cause, cause you're wrong. Stop interrupting me. <laughs> we are going to battle royale. Um, but I'd like to hear Katie instead of you. Uh, and I would like to say that Meg Ryan, the neurotic woman that we come to know from You've Got Mail and all rom-coms is not the same woman who I feel, I'd feel the same way if Reese Witherspoon played that role. I wouldn't mm. say I don't think that those I don't think those women are equivalent women. You sound like an actor who doesn't want to let people act, man. Meg Ryan should should be able to do whatever role she wants. She can do whatever role she wants, and sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. I can't do every role I would like. Fair enough. Casting and, but, is an art. Yes, if if that was the case, we wouldn't need casting directors. So are you going to say on air right now that we don't need casting directors? I, no, you said I, you're no, saying you, I no, said you're that. saying that. You're, you're saying, saying I said it. that. You're saying it. Katie, what do you think? <laughs> The, um, looking at it from the vantage point, because I, I also, after watching it, I became obsessed with what it could have been. So the fact that oh, you yeah. went for the relationship dynamic is really interesting because that there's absolutely something there because she was a constant. So to go through those waves with him and all of the, the rumors and the transformations and to, to have them really share that and experiment with this open relationship during a time where that would have been like a relatively new concept would be really interesting for sure the um thank you katie oh yeah of course (laughs) i came from it from the vantage point of clearly oliver stone wanted to make a jim morrison movie more than a doris movie which i understand jim morrison is the icon excuse me and it makes sense to focus on him uh, I would have called it the Lizard King, or something similar, <gasps> just to make it very Katie, clear you're make that me we're cry. <laughs> just to make it clear that we're gonna focus on Jim and his very unique perspective. And um, I wanted to know more about Jim the Man, and I feel like Oliver Stone is more interested in Jim the Shaman. He's interested in Jim the Icon. And what's so incredibly unfortunate about that is we have this two-hour and twenty-minute movie that actually doesn't delve into his psyche at any point. And which is an incredible shame because here you have a very tortured individual who is grappling with a lot around him. It's one of the first times I've ever heard of a man having the Marilyn Monroe problem of being considered to be a sex symbol to the point where people don't take your art seriously. And he, at heart, he's, he's a poet. He, he has the, the soul of an artist. He doesn't even really consider himself a musician. And in his life, he didn't think he was a particularly good singer. So there's a lot of hangups and psychology. And he's trying. There, there's something inside of him that he wants to get out. And the only way he can get out is through his poetry. And he's estranged from his family. And nobody wakes up just being addicted to alcohol. Like, there are steps. And I feel like the, the movie has no interest in Jim the man. Just Jim the icon. And what that means is that you never get to like him. You never get to yes. see him struggle. You never get to see him with his dad. 
and uh having i I think this film would have benefited by showing him having phone calls with the family the family trying to reach him or to show scenes of him as as a younger person or to show um him struggling to write poetry we never see him actually struggle the poems are already written the music happens easily there's no struggle there's nothing to root for it just happens and he and that's got that couldn't have been what it was like he had he had notebooks upon notebooks and there he was clearly going through an identity thing and to have him actually grapple with he wasn't witty all the time i mean surely he must have had moments where he thought about what it was like to quote be the ultimate barbie doll like that had to sting especially during a time where like he i mean think about it from a masculine perspective just like he already didn't become the officer that his father wanted him to be He's a sex symbol rather than being, you know, respected for his mind. And he's being called a Barbie doll, a very feminine thing. And we we never get a sense that he ever grappled with that on any level. And I, I feel like the, the film really suffers for it. Yeah, I thought that Jim Morrison was a, a douchebag. If, if I never got any... If I never knew anything else about him, I'd think, man, people, the, I wouldn't even think his band members would have liked him. Well, and the Doors agree with you, right? Like, yes. the Doors were, like, not down with this flick. But that's where I'm, like, so, and, and, then, and then with the way that he acted about his poetry, I was like, wow, you just think you're a hot shit. And mm. that's, I mean, that's the hardest thing about doing a, a film about someone who is um, uh, an icon, is, like, you don't want to see them think that they are hot shit. You, like that, it, it's annoying to watch. It does. It's not lovable in a character. That's why people like well, watching struggle. That's why you like watching like like Rocket Man. Elton's a total prick, but he's mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean. Like, but he's also like, you get all three dimensions, and that's you know, this is hindsight being twenty twenty. I think nineteen ninety one when you're you have to like on one hand they strongly have to lean into the studio ideal biopic and you do and then he's also trying to do a very different flick. I think years later you could get the movie that it wanted to be. And Katie, I think you're on the right track. Like I think it could be um the flick it was maybe what would have been a more interesting version. Something I I think so much of this movie is not uh, I'm not fighting for that this angle of it, but I think so much of it is not meant to be taking literal. I, I think that a lot of this movie is like it kind of just reminds me of like a door song. Like it's over long. It's like fucking nine minutes long. It's like six <laughs> song it's like six songs in one. It, it's like you're chilling and you're doing poetry at the beginning, and then all of a sudden you've switched beats and, and fucking and you're keyboarding off into oblivion, and now we're shaking maracas and shit, like in the desert, like this is it like this is this is in that respect it succeeds uh and it's like and it's watching something through a prism i just wonder if i mean clearly oliver stone is enamored with his subject he he tried to pitch this to jim morrison when he was still alive so that's how much he was carrying this damn that's fucking rad it just it, it was it was in him but my my concern about it and where i wonder where the film went wrong is that he he loves the doors and he loves Jim so much that he couldn't look at the humanity. And it, it's true that maybe part of that was the studio system. I don't doubt that. But I, I also wonder if that plays a part in it and that he just wanted things to be cool. He wanted to get experimental, but in a way that doesn't grapple with reality. Sure. And and that is is that like, 
uh, does not necessarily a successful biopic does that make when like you, when you're when you're trying to do two things and 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 maybe even more than two. Um, so and I, icons are precious totally, to people to everyone. Well, That's and, what's hard. It's like you got to get everybody to like it. And these people that die at 27, you know what I mean? Like it's that's a whole other angle. Like like how can we how can we capture like this bottle rocket? How can we capture um people that are more symbol than person to pop culture? Mm-hmm. Um I think something like one like I think that's why it took so long to finally get this Elvis flick and that's for the best. Like that that trailer <laughs> from Baz Luhrmann looks insanely good insanely satisfying and i think that that movie benefits from some bad and some incredible uh music biopics coming before it um especially rocket man jesus like that is the, i think rocket man is the standard but you know what mm-hmm. you think the what's crazy though is like we you, we love rocket man but a lot of people don't and i think rocket man suffers from the same thing that people have the same problem they think that it's Elton seems too douchey in that movie, no, even but, though Elton made it. Yeah, I guess. But I don't I'm know. I'm not like, saying that. That's what I, I agree with. I'm point. saying that like people. He's an alcoholic. Be, yeah, and my the other thing that I was gonna say is I think that this movie would have benefited from taking more of the across universe vibe. Mm. Uh, across universe is not about the Beatles. It's Beatles music, mm. and it's like there he's using the Doors music to tell a story. That's what it feels like. The man is clearly trying to write poetic lines even that are not the music lyrics into this uh, movie. And I think... He, uh, I mean, I think... No, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's... The, I just mean, like, I know that, like, in, in the research I did that, like, when they went about writing the script, they took songs and wrote the scenes to match the songs. And it's very obvious sometimes, like, in terms of what's happening, what's on the quote. And that's when things get metaphorical. And that is why, like, it's so hard to, like, blur that. Jim Morrison didn't throw a fucking TV at Ray Manzarek. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like that didn't happen. Like, but, but metaphorically, he probably did at one point. Like, uh, Jim did not put put Pam in a fucking closet and light her on fire and, yeah. and yell, this is the best part of the trip. Like, like you know what I mean? Crazy. Like he's taking lyrics and, and making scenes out of them. And uh, that's it, where I'm, I'm like, when they're that, that fiery, that's when I think Meg Ryan, I'm like, you want to find a, if oh, you, sanctuary. A, a woman who's that crazy to match that energy. Mm-hmm. I think that, I think if you get the flick you're yearning for. Yeah. I believe Meg Ryan could have done it. If you get the flick you're looking for, I think she could have. I just don't think she was given the right the right shot. I don't know why I'm fighting for her. I just love her. I know you do too. I love I, understand I think I love her more than you and 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 I think that it's just like um I've just seen her do things that are out play, of that range. I would love in my mind, uh, people don't know me uh, visually on this podcast, but I have a light brown hair, small figure and blue eyes and it's like I would love to play the crazy woman, but I don't think from my features, people aren't going to go, you know what? You should do that. You're going to be great for that. I'll stop poking the bear on that one. I apologize. Well, yeah. That's why I'm also like, uh, but I I think that I'm like, why why are you putting that in there where he fucking lights her up, basically tries to kill her? And you're thinking, oh, this is normal. I'm supposed to love him in the end in and be sad of, that he's dead at 27. In terms of the discography, we're just at that point. Like, I know it sounds stupid, but it's like the first chunk of that movie matches the first album and like through the, and then by the time we get to like 
he literally does strange days and they literally they almost like they literally match the album cover like when he's going through that alley with like the clowns and stuff like he he want like he's a fan he's obviously a fan but that's you know and what that's i mean like where and I so mean, then after that it's like oh we're in like the things are getting like really chaotic like this 4 year span of releasing albums and then Jim's dead like they they lived like they had like nine identities in their music it, it's just like crazy and then i don't know if you guys uh, Katie have you ever listened to Amer- an american prayer i haven't i think there's something adorable about Oliver Stone the fan of having him having Jim like in his big goodbye to everybody like give them all a copy of like his book of an American prayer as if like it's the last gift Jim gave him because it's true like and that's sort of what Jim's recording bookending the movie and then that one part we like addresses the camera which I just like is so fucking interesting it just makes me hyperventilate um <laughs> but it's okay like it's just there's some interesting stuff in here uh that's all I was curious I was like Jim stop bow who are you what's happening who's who who am I um, I get that way, but, um, I've been enjoying it and it's like, you know, some of his poetry is like, I, I had a teacher in college when I was doing my English and creative writing and he was very into poetry. I was not good at poetry. I don't, I don't super get it. I think Jim Morrison is kind of poetry for guys that played football. Um, cause we get it says, mm-hmm. says a lot of the same words a lot. Like it, it's like, it's visual and I understand it. Um, uh, but I remember the teacher was like, uh, like he was talking about Patty Smith and how incredible she was, and she is. He's not wrong. And he's like, and just, just an infinitely better poet than Jim Morrison, because somebody brought up Jim Morrison, and I'm just like, I'm like, Ugh. and he's like, oh, it's true. I'm like, oh, I'm sure it is. But like, it, it's just like, people do dog on the dude and his poetry. It's not beloved. Like even Jake. Like I've been subjecting. I've been forcing so much doors on Jake and Taylor lately in my household from uh just every angle and uh yeah this movie made me never want to listen to any of it ever again that's so crazy because (laughs) i I, that's crazy because like while the movie doesn't i feel like the movie uh did a thing where it at worst people were talking about the doors again and it made like it made uh like you know brought them into the pop culture decades later which i think was desperately needed for guys who still needed to like a the surviving members need to eat and b uh, it's good for the music to stay alive because it's incredible music. It's incredible art. Yeah, see, and, and I think that after watching that movie, I'm like, wow, that guy was a douchebag to his, everybody around him. And and like, and like and I never felt like he felt bad about his behavior ever. And he, I'm sure he did feel lost. He felt like he was always uh, insecure, trying to find his way, but like, man oh man every bit of it I was like I don't think you care about anyone and you just like saying fuck you man to every person and (laughs) again I after watching a little bit of the review Katie sent me I'm like I don't I don't think you make uh you make music for a man after he's died for his poetry if you don't love him and you don't come out and say you hate this movie without that being wrong but I can understand if you watch this movie, you might be like, well, this I, this guy seems like... It's it's just so trippy to listen to it. It's like listening to a, like Jim Croce's Time in a Bottle and like photographs and memories and stuff. Like they either, like they like came out and got big like after he died young. Like, you know what I mean? Like died at 30. And like, mm-hmm. so to have an American prayer and have these recordings of a dude writing poetry about death and shit... And then, like, releasing it after his death, the door's going and putting music over it. It was controversial, but I'm so happy it's there. Like, I'm so happy it exists. It's like, 
it's like 20 plus more like tracks of Dora's content that fans who got four years of a band existing deserve. It's like, it's like Buddy Holly. Like, you know I mean? You only get so much. Croce is like, you know, every album Croce did because he fucking only made like three. Like, it's just, that's when, that's when shit is so wild. It's not like Elvis where there's 40 movies, 10 albums, four bluegrass albums, three gospel records. Like, and, and that's a short period of time the man was just overworked. But you see what I'm saying? The, the content is so few and precious. Well, that's what, and that I, that's what I'm saying is like, this move me made me think that that those band members would never want to see Jim Morrison again. Like I I, I felt like they were like, like the way he was treating them and that like it didn't feel like anybody even though we get that like one scene of them when they're like uh, tripping and he's what does he say? <laughs> he's like we're we're a tribe, a tribe of warriors. Yes. I'll be with is. you all till the end of time. Or not a send the not yeah I wouldn't do that. That they have that song. It's on. They can have that song. They're not doing Native American stuff there. <laughs> I just it's like they mix it up a lot. Look, I will never defend the Native Americans uh, imagery in this. I don't think. I think it is a bullshit. I think it is absolutely fucked to imply that souls of dead Native Americans <laughs> leapt into this white beautiful fuck. And that's why he's so artsy. <laughs> I think that's ridiculous. I, I will never defend. I'll never I defend. Think I think it's good to say it out loud. Guys in the in the '60s who who felt like a very serious connection to the Native Americans, and I think and we I, just sure. didn't grapple with what that meant at the time. I, I think there was there was a lot man. of sympathy and and I, uh, what was thought to be empathy. Um, and I think we're just kind of now more understanding how that might not have been the greatest thing but i can i can absolutely understand how it happened and why he would feel okay to say those things at the time this movie also made a wayne's world 2 joke click with me uh that never clicked um my entire life do you know what i'm talking about katie i don't i don't i don't really remember wayne's world 2 in wayne's world 2 the whole movie is built around like so wayne has to put on uh their woodstock it's wayne stock and uh he has a dream and it's a vision and he walks into the desert. It's Jim Morrison. And like, he basically tells him what's going to happen. And like, there's like this naked native American throughout the movie with Wayne. And like Wayne keeps having like visions in the desert with Jim Morrison. And I never, <laughs> ever, ever in a hundred years understood it. Uh, and I'm like, Oh, it, that movie was made around the same time. I get it. Very well done boys. The, the hits keep coming. <laughs> Got him again. Mike's a genius. It just hurts my brain. <laughs> Tony. I, I think that, you, so you and I had very similar takeaways from, or we had very similar experiences watching this, in that I at one point turned to Erica and said, I think this movie is making me gayer, because I found Jim to be so repulsive. Like, it really yes! goes out of its way to make him look horrible. But I don't know if the movie knows that it's doing that. At times, because I think that Oliver Stone is such a fan that he thinks that, you know, you, you're already a, fa a fan of Jim, so you'll be able to, like, forgive him for this stuff because you know his genius. But if you don't, you're you're very unforgiving and you don't have a lot of patience for it, which First I think you and I, I, more so than the last <laughs> part, yes. And I, I however, I still, I, I'm not going to lie, even the first 40 minutes get to me because when he's in, when he's out. Because you're the one. No, because when he's at film school and he's like, "You, I quit." But it isn't true. He got a film degree from UCLA. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's why the movie's weird. That's but uh, as a film standpoint, I love it, it. Makes me want to punch that man in the face. Yeah, but you need. But and at the same token, you need a friend like Ray to be like, 
fuck them. It's everything. It's everything art should be. It's nonlinear. I'm like, yes. Again, totally fine if you actually saw him be hurt that they didn't like the movie, and I don't think you see mm. that. I think he he douchebaggly says, "Well, I quit." Stone and puts, puts his he puts his his jacket over his shoulder and he walks out shaking his ass. No, I am not there. There is he. I, this is a movie made by a man who's like, you know what? I was so proud of him. He said fuck you to everybody. He just did what he wanted and he wrote poetry and now and, 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 uh, and he can do whatever he wants. He's untouchable. He could light a woman on fire and I don't care. And and that, my friends. It's not okay. <laughs> well, I, I, what, what I was going to say is there. that um, I I understand your feeling because I, I had the same feeling. But I also, it, instead of being like, I'm done with door stuff. And it could be because uh, I was watching this mostly alone. And I when I was done with it, I was like, wow, I really hated that. There has to be more to this. So I went through this very extreme doors rabbit hole. And there, Fuck, yes. the, the video that we've referenced a couple of times is this YouTube video called The Unauthorized Truth About Oliver Stone's The Doors. And from that title alone, that's primo YouTube com- content. And it just is a very <laughs> linear view of the movie where this gentleman from a Doors cover band based in Atlanta called The Dirty Doors goes point by point and talks about what things are true, what things are not true, and where things originate from and i actually found that to be extremely helpful and so when i watched the movie a second time uh in order to prepare for this i i kind of had a greater appreciation for it and i i think that that just further to me emphasizes that this isn't a film for people that aren't fans of the doors this is a film for people that already have an understanding of it even the more (laughs) i listen to like like the poetry album that i have and stuff it's like He's putting lyrics, he's putting, like, lines from Jim's poetry from later, like, in the student film and, like, into, like, do- like this movie is, like, so clearly from a fan. It's just, like, I don't know if maybe Oliver Stone is, I, I don't know, I don't know the guy. And I'm also not super uh, well locked into his filmography. I didn't, it, it, he did World Trade Center and stuff, right? Like, is this guy? Like He's doing, he has a new movie coming out. It's JFK. Uh, it's all about the JFK assassination. It sounds delightful. It's very interesting I got interesting on his content. Twitter to figure out what kind of person he was. He's a big I, JFK I mean, truther, isn't he? Well, and yes. and he's like Oliver Stone is a dude who like didn't he, did he not, he fought Nam did he not like and like I'm pretty sure I didn't look and it like up. Uh, and uh, I'm pretty sure and it's like you know the doors are so synonymous with that with that era and grappling with that stuff. I mean like. Uh, Apocalypse Now, I mean, I think The Doors are... Some people might only know The Doors because of This is the End playing through the opening of Apocalypse Now with, like, uh, Martin Sheen, like, getting all hammered and breaking mirrors in his underwear and shit. And I've also heard that that movie was initially uh, meant to be scored completely with Doors music, and then it just didn't work, so they they kept just the opener. But... Mm. It's like, and and the fact that Jim's dad was a military man and stuff. Like you're like, there's some, there's so much meat left on the bone. Uh, that the, but I think the movie also works in the same way as me, Kitty, where it gives me a taste and I want more. I think, bad movie brunch book club. I we should listen to Riders on the Storm. Yeah, I, th- I think Audible. that'd be interesting. I, because another thing that as part of my rabbit hole, I haven't listened to the album, and I'm not familiar with the books, but I did watch uh, his film. That he made in between uh, getting in trouble in Miami and flying to Paris. Have you oh, seen I it? Seen 
this? Fuck no, but I have a lot to say. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, just really quick. So it's called Highway, and in uh, American Pastoral, or H-W-Y, an American Pastoral. And it, it, it's very fascinating because I feel like there are a lot of people in the 1960s who, like, have this kind of vibe of, like, you don't really need a script and, like, you can just write about what you feel and, like, you can write about death and just kind of the experience of, like, grappling with it. And so the, the film is 50 minutes of Jim Morrison traveling, really, going from the desert being picked up as a hitchhiker and then eventually going to the Whiskey A Go-Go, and there's very little dialogue in it, and it's absolutely 50 minutes long. It's it's a trudge. It's a, it's a really, trudge. You and, should see how wide my eyes are. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I, I'd be very interested to get your your take on it, because um, when I was talking to Erica about it, she suggested that I watch, or she brought up uh, Jim Henson's uh, timepiece, which is also about grappling with time and morality, but it's nine minutes long, and because that sounds uh, so much better, <laughs> because Jim uh, Henson is a visual artist, it pops a lot more. There's it's it's experimental in a different way, whereas um, the Morrison flick is very much about ruminating. Uh, the Jim Henson flick is uh, much more like in your face and very visual and very fun, and but they're essentially about the same thing, and about the anxieties of these two very interesting men and it's also in like a little piece like a little nice eye carvel piece because it's i think jim morrison when he was done with ucla he kind of figured out that he wasn't a visual artist and um he really found his niche with the doors and this film kind of further solidified that for me of like oh okay this is an interesting insight into his psychology but he definitely had his niche. He was a poet at heart. He wasn't ever really a visual artist. He was a performer, but he wasn't, like, a director. But, and that's what's so, you know, what's so funny is that you say that, and I'm interested to watch, is that, like, the t- the hot take I get and what I've been saying to Jake a lot, and, like, when I listen to their music, when I listen to his poetry, when I watch the flick, I'm like, this is a guy who desperately wants to be a director he wants mm. to make a movie his his all of his shit like and that's like what's such a bummer to hear that like that it's solidifying that maybe that wasn't his thing is like sure he's a poet but i think that like the dude was like i i think he had a film brain i really do like i think that like it's all so visual and striking and i think he flirted with filmmaking so much that you know, like just because just because you're good at one thing doesn't mean you don't want to do the other. And I, I, there's some part of me, there, I have nothing to base this on but my own suspicion. But it's just like, and maybe I'm projecting. That's also what happens with these people that die at 27 and these interesting, mysterious artists. Is everybody just projects themselves onto them? Mm. Um, so I could be doing that, but I see it. I don't know. I see it when when I listen to the stuff. It's so he, visual, like it it and interesting. He's a storyteller, just in a weird way. Absolutely. And he did have a script at some point, but even in the 1960s, it was very expensive to make a film. And so he originally started this project as a way to make a teaser. And it just kind of got out of control because they were doing shrooms and uh, they the direction of the, the movie took a different direction or the direction of the movie took a different direction. You get what I mean? Like, like, like it, Boy, it, did it. <laughs> it had a life of its own. And um they wanted to get a little bit more experimental about it. And when 
at the end of it, they were like, Jim, do you want to, like, go back and fix it? He was like, no, it's done. That's it. That's my <laughs> film. And <laughs> there, there is something really, like, inspiring about being like, no, it's done. But um, I don't Made think it was done. Uh, I think it could have benefited from maybe <laughs> two years time away done. from it. The movie's over. <laughs> okay? I, you know one thing I appreciate about the flick is that they're like, "Luke, are you, are, you're not you're not sad about Jim dying too much, are you?" And I'm like, "A little." And they're like, "What if we showed showed them playing like LA Woman and he's like singing on the toilet?" I'm like, "Oh, do it." And then it's like, go?" And then Taylor's like, "I can't believe I'm married to this guy who's enjoying this so much." <laughs> um did <laughs> Do you subscribe to the theory that uh, Jim Morrison faked his own death? If there was an era you could do it, it's probably then, right? Like, to skip town and... Because, I mean, like, the the details of the death are shady, right? It's, like, heart failure, but we don't know what happened. Like, nobody does officially. And then, like, Pam was there. She died, like, a couple years later, so... She poisoned him. I don't know about that either. (laughs) Like, I'm... So I'm mad intrigued. I, I love conspiracies just because they make me, like, creeped out. (laughs) <laughs> but um nah I don't buy it. Why? Do you think there's anything like logic is there anything logically backing it? No, no, not I'll, at all. I'll believe it in a second. I just no. didn't know if you had anything like cuz you could give me one detail and I'd be like maybe. No, no, no. I I truly believe that he was just a man who had a very risky lifestyle and he died in a way that reflects that lifestyle. Um granted everything that happened after it is a little strange. They they really seem to have rushed it. But I, I don't think anything, like, untoward happened. I, I do think that that is probably how he how he passed. Likely. Yeah, and... Some people don't want to investigate what happens when someone dies in a hotel. I guess not a hotel and, and here's, apartment. And here's the other thing. Here's the other thing, too. Like, and I just... Like, if somebody is a prick in their 20s, shocker. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, all of us are sitting post-27 and, like, if people portrayed my life from, like, the last, like, eight years, I don't always look that nice. So, like, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, when I, like it, it's just so hard to, like, and maybe that goes back to looking at these people as, like, more than, like, more than what they were. Like, they're still human and stuff. You know no, I, I mean? blame it on the filmmaker. I don't yeah. blame it on Jim Morrison. I blame it on the filmmaker. And I think that it's a prime example of how stories need hubris, you know? You need your character to have something that is relatable, and you made him an icon who seemed to not care about his band, who seemed to not care about anyone or anything. And I'll give you I'll give you credit that he felt lost, but he wasn't lost enough to, for me to be like, wow, that that means you can act that way, you know? So uh, the ends did not justify the means. I think this is a dude who is that the right way to say you that? You nailed that, I think. <laughs> I think. I think. I think. Or I think. Yes. Mean? No, I think you yeah. nailed it. I think you nailed it. Good good work. Um, <laughs> I think that, um, you know, this is a guy who had a lot of different things he wanted to say. And, you know, I had a really, I think it's the same teacher that said Jim Morrison was not great of a poet, was like described poet, poets to me uh, into the class. It wasn't to me specifically. I wasn't that interesting. Um, as like, you know, intuitive people. Intuitive people is like, so there's, 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 Regular people, not regular, I can't remember the word, but we can drive a car and we can drive an hour down the highway 
and think about other stuff and we arrive where we were meant to and and we're all we're there safe and we don't even remember doing it but in reality the act of driving a car is insane like you know what i mean like you're you're getting in this fucking like big old machine running on 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 dinosaur oil and then like jamming on jamming on the interstate at like 80 miles per hour with all these other cars it's dangerous it's 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 batshit uh but it doesn't really affect a lot of people intuitive people poets and this is all metaphor uh <laughs> like poets like uh they they're like a baby driving a car on acid oh my god you know what i mean and that's how they experience life and i always took that and i always thought about that when i like think about people that are artists in, in this light and i'm like there's there's just something about that to me that i think is spot on and you see it like in these depictions it's like there's too much going on in that head and that heart and that soul, you know what I mean, for better or worse, uh, for his little human brain. And I just wanted to see it. If, I know. If the, yes. if the film had just showed me it, I yes. I would have been on board. I just I just I'm with needed you. to see it. I'm with you, but it becomes like I think that there's like until they get it right and do another one, this will exist just to like fill aren't, a need when when you want it, you know. Aren't they doing another one? I don't know. Are they? I wait. Let me let me Google this really quick. Please, I'd love to. The fool. After I fucking watched the Elvis trailer and cried three times, I'll watch anything. I agree. I think we should. I cannot. Maybe we would all agree that Val Kilmer just slayed it. It's like he deserves. He deserves so much because it's like to take that movie and and like, I think it's his depiction as well that makes you so annoyed. Like. I believe that he is the character who he is, and and, and then I and I believe they are one, and I'm like that's not true, and I was, it was incredible. Well, and it's like I heard like I you know Val Kilmer had to like go to therapy to like get this character out of him and stuff. Like, I'm sure. It, like it, it, he went all in, and I and I have utmost respect for that for the performance, and um that I think that's I think again like and I think I started out with this like that's what makes one of the reasons the movie is so rewatchable is because, damn, he's good. Like, damn, he's good. And I haven't watched the Val Kilmer doc because I think it'll make me really sad. <laughs> but nobody is cooler than Val. Like, nobody. Like, I was just rewatching Batman Forever the other day, like, in anticipation of, of the new Pattinson flick, and I just am like, this guy's the coolest guy alive. Like, watch Heat, watch Top Gun, watch, like, anything in this, like, span of, like, 80s to uh, mid-90s especially. Fucking late night. Dude, Tombstone. Oh, my God. Like, he was just, like, banger after banger after banger, and he was the coolest guy alive doing it. Well, I was very wrong about a new movie coming out, but I I thought well, that's, that's why we were it's because I'm it. saying no to it. That's <laughs> because I told everybody to shut up because I'm writing my Doors movie. <laughs> but it'll be like I would love to read actually, no. Like, no more details no more details I was thinking that w- so here's what's up car, you... car crash in the desert no uh, no, no 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 alright we... <laughs> any other thoughts on the doors before we get out of here um couple things uh when you're strange the documentary from 2009 the doors documentary uh, Johnny Depp narrates it, and I thought he was a very good choice. He carries a very similar vibe throughout the Fuck whole piece. Yeah. Um, they intercut it very weirdly with uh, scenes, restored scenes from Highway, 
uh, Jim Morrison's film, which I didn't understand. So I was very confused while I was watching it until I Googled it later. Um, But it's a trip. It's a trip. It it covers a lot of the same ground as The Doors, 1991, uh, the one we watched. Um, But but I did find it fascinating. Um, And I'm obsessed with Kyle MacLachlan's wig in this movie. It's just outstanding. He fucking rocks dude he has like everything he said they didn't give him nearly enough to chew on this movie he has a no, line when they're in the desert and he's like man <laughs> ah. every time he he's appeared like, in the blonde wig i was like this is wrong but so right he looked so right dude he's like i can feel the world i can feel the universe functioning around me and i'm still perfectly locked inside myself and i'm like yes dude totally <laughs> robbie's crying about his dad you should kill your father one of the guys writing the song that they become uh, Ravi, dude. Ravi wrote "Light My Fire" again, and it's like Val doesn't even seem like he cares that he wrote it. It's like I think that's what got me. I was just like, "You're being so mean to these people who you're in a band with," and I don't know if this is true or not. But hey, you have to judge the movie on the movie. That's what we're here for on the show. Oliver Stone, I've got a bone to pick. He's got a bone to pick. I re- I respect you, man. I respect you. I don't know about the Native American stuff though. That's I I don't defend that. <laughs> And the, what about the lighting the woman on the lighting the plates on the thing on fire? Metaphorical. Okay. He, you know, he was looking for a soft asylum. And and the get watching him get his his dick sucked in an elevator to Pam opening it. I literally already told you strange days had found him. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to do? I didn't write it. <sighs> With all that being said, I've been Luke. I've been Katie. And I'm Taylor. Oh man, and and that's that's this is the best part of the trip. The, this is the best part. The writing's I really on the like. wall. <laughs>